You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can find notes for this message along with more information about our church by visiting church2911.com. Here's our family pastor, Kristen Stevenson, with this week's message. Today we're going to continue talking about what's the difference. And uh, Brent opened up with us on our first week and talked about how that, you know, if there's not a difference in who we are and who world is and kind of you know what's the point right and so we've been talking about you know there needs to be a difference so today we're going to kind of go a little bit deeper in um maybe how that different changes how we look and impact other people around us and things like that so i want to start this morning um kind of where all of this started with romans 12 2 and it's um just simply says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And that's kind of where we've jump-started with all of this. And that's probably a verse that a lot of us have heard. You know, don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed. Be different, right? So, so we know that we're called to be different. And uh, Brent and Kurt have come and given us amazing messages about how we can be different. But today... I think we're going to talk about just a little bit deeper in how we're different and that might look to someone else and how we might impact and look to someone else. And so um, to talk about that, I think sometimes we know we're called to be different. We know we're called to live a certain way and look a certain way. And sometimes we're like, well, how do I do that? And so I want to go to Second Peter verse, um, chapter 1 and tell you all and read a little bit here. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption of the world caused by evil desires. See right there, it's saying that um, we can participate in his divine nature. You know, we're being transformed by him, and we will escape the evil that we can be conformed to in this world. And so for this reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so when we say, you know, how do I do that? How do I be transformed? How do I not conform to this? Right there, we have a great, like, plan, like building blocks, right? And in fact, it says his divine power has given us everything we need. He's already given it all to us, and he's laid it all out. And and most of the time, you can find it right there in the Bible, what you need. But he's laid out a great plan of building blocks right here for us. And what I love about this is I've noticed something right here that all these things, they add up to, and they end with love, right? It's like add this, add this, add this, add this, add this, and they end with love. And to me, love is like this thing that's so simple, you know, because to be honest, we use love like we can say about anything, you know. I thought about some comments out, everybody has a favorite chip they love, and then I thought, I don't really like chips. Wait, I love chips and salsa. Yes, I do. So I love chips and salsa, right? But that love for chips and salsa isn't really this love, is it? Because you know what? If a truck out, out on the street, you know, dumps out full of chips and salsa, gets hit and dumps out all the chips. I might love those chips, but I'm not going to save any of them, right? I'm not laying in the street for them. My love for chips ends very, very close to, you know, how it affects me, right? It's very much about how I enjoy the taste, but I'm not really willing to risk very much for that chip. This is a very different type of love that God's telling us about. And that's the reason I wanted to carry us over here to Peter, 
and before we kind of go back to Romans, and, and stick with me here because I got a little bit of scripture right here at the beginning, but then we're going to go into something a little bit more. So, so stick with me, if you will, with these scriptures. I want to go back to Romans 12, where I said all this started, right? And Romans 12, too, we talked about not being, about being transformed and not conformed to this world. And like I said, Brent and Kurt have come and talked us some great messages about holiness and about what it takes to be different. But on down in these scriptures here in 12, we see a very simple scripture. It's verse 9. We were just talking about verse 2. Here in verse 9, we see a very simple scripture. Um, not this one. Back one, please. <laughs> Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Not only is that simple, but I feel like I've heard that a lot. Hate what's evil. Cling to what's good. But you know what? I don't hear that first part with it very often. You know, when people say that, I don't feel like they say that first part. Love must be sincere. Remember that love we were just talking about we get to? It's a sincere love. It's a love that says, hey, I'll put myself out for you. It's a love that says, it's not just what you can do for me, but it's I care for you in a way that impacts how I treat you. It's a love that's much deeper. And then it goes on here to say, hate what is evil, cling to what is good. I hear that a lot, and I think that it's really important we have that first part because many times I feel like I hear people use that and a lot of times they're talking about hating what is evil you know that thing that we all just like you have them you have your pet peeves okay I know pastor has ones like hates ketchup in the refrigerator I have to keep a separate one in the pantry because that's a big deal um he's taught my son that by the way so we have two sets of ketchup at our house always um but I'm talking about those things that maybe, especially in the last couple of years, we've heard everybody get on their thing, you know? Let's be honest, we all have them. I'll be honest, me and Bradley are some very opinionated people. That's my husband, and if you don't know that, talk to someone that knows us, okay? We have an opinion about most things. We know what we, we think about most things. Hopefully, we don't always run over and tell you all of them. But we live in a time where that's what I think people have done, is they've begun to use, I need to hate what's evil, and cling to the good to say, oh, well, this thing that, I, you know, bothers me. And it may be something that I believe God's telling me I need to have control over. I need to handle it myself. But we've used it now to argue with our fellow Christians. We've used it now to um, hate those people around us and push them away from us. But if that's what God meant in this scripture, he wouldn't have sent the next scripture. I'm about to read y'all. It's my bit last big long scripture, y'all. This is verse 9. The very next scriptures, this is what he spends the rest of this chapter saying. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal. But keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written... It is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. 
See, God never intended for us to hate, to have anger and strife amongst others. He wanted us to hate the evil that causes that anger and strife. He wants us to hate. I hate the thing that this week cost you being who God called you to be. I hate the thing that is ripping your coworkers' family apart. I hate the things that are destroying our country's peace and unity with God. I hate the evil that is attacking and is coming around like a lion, seeing what it can kill and destroy. But you know what I have? I am a Christian, and so my difference is I can hate those things, and I can cling to a promise that is so much bigger. Because our world hates many of those things too. And they're living in the fear and the anger and the frustration of it all. But me and you have promises to cling to. We have good from God to cling to. And that's the difference in who we are. And that's the difference that will give us the sincere love to reach out to those people living in the midst of all those things. Because at 2911, we believe very strongly in a scripture from Jeremiah, right? It's our scripture. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. See, when the evil comes and when we see the evil around us, we get to hold on to a scripture that says who we are at 2911. That God has great plans for, does he have great plans for us? No, we believe God has great plans for everyone. And so that means that that person that you were thinking of maybe a minute ago, those people around you, God has great plans for them. And I wanted, I wanted to lay out the scripture this morning because I think that a lot of times it's easy for us to look at the scripture and say, oh yeah, I get that, and we read it, and it's, oh, it's empowering. And then sometimes it's hard for us to carry that out into how we live. And so today I hope we, we agree on the scripture. God's called us to be different. And that difference should come out in our hope and our love that we share with other people. But I want to tell you a story, and this story is kind of where everything started for this message for me. This, um, in this summer, Brent, if y'all know Brent, that's my brother. I know, it's sad. Y'all can feel bad for me. Um, um, and he's older, too, so, I mean, can y'all just imagine what life was like growing up with Brent? But, um, you know, Brent told a story in the summer about when our family moved to Chicago. And it's a great message. I mean, I know I've put down Brent a lot, but it's a really great message. It's not some really deep theological message but it's just a raw, real message, and I challenge you to go listen to it um, on our podcast. And, but, if, but when he spoke this message in his time in Chicago, it began to stir inside of me because I have a story from Chicago, and it's not at all the same as his story, and it's actually a story I don't share really hardly ever, but I wanted to share it today because it began to build inside of me, and I thought, this is a story that someone else needs to hear. See, when we moved to Chicago, everything was different. We're talking about different, right? Lots of things were different. I mean, everybody knows there was snow, it was cold, you know, all that stuff and, and everything. But it, it was different. You know, people there, very different influences. Life there was different. And I was in high school, and I, I loved a lot of things about the school. I loved a lot of my classes. I loved how the school was set up. It was really awesome. But I had this Spanish class, and I even liked my Spanish class. But there was this one big part of it that I didn't like. And that was that we always had to do partners. And we had to, like, talk in Spanish and do projects together. And you had the same partner, the person that sat right beside you. So my partner was Juan. Well, let me just tell you, Juan, he was never happy. He was never cared 
about anything we were learning. Um, he came in and usually huffed and was rude and mean. And I began to dread having to interact with Juan. And I realized after a while that my attitude could be great and wonderful all day long, but when I went into seventh period, I'm going to have to talk to Juan. And my attitude became, because, you know, it, was, it made, messed up my day, you know. But no, I had other classes I loved. In fact, my science class was at the very beginning of the day, and I loved it. I had some friends there that were really fun, and I, we got to do experiments together and talk. And um, one day, I remember one Monday, they were saying, hey, did you hear about this thing that happened over the weekend? And they began to tell me about this guy and everything. And I was like, I don't know him. And they were telling me this great, you know, they were telling me this story, this um, big story. And it was going around, and I heard it several other times over the next couple of days. And I just thought, man, I, I don't know that guy, you know. If you can see where this is going, they told me the story, and I didn't realize I knew this guy till my Spanish teacher stood up in front of the class on the third day and said, "Look, I know lots of people are talking. We're not going to talk anymore. We're just going to move on." And she said the guy's name as she looked at the seat beside me that had been empty that week, because I only knew him as Juan. I'd forgotten his name. Juan waited till his parents went on a walk. And he took a gun and he ended it. That's not a story I tell a lot because, wow, that doesn't look really great, does it? We're supposed to be Christians, right? And I missed it. I missed my opportunity. I also don't tell it a lot because it's an emotional jerker, right? It, it gets all our emotions. And I don't want anything today to be about your emotions because your emotions change tomorrow and next week. But sometimes our emotions are that way because we're emotional people and the situation and the gravity of the situation gets us. I sat beside Juan and I will never get an opportunity to speak to Juan again. But I am thankful for one thing. Well, I'm thankful that I have a God who, he has, he's forgiven me. You know, he's not a God that wakes us up and tells me, man, you messed that up, you can't do anything. He's a God that says, hey, where are you going to go next? What are you going to do next? But I'm thankful because I got to see that. And you may say, that's weird, but how many times are we passing someone like that and we're missing it? And maybe we never get to see the end of the story. We never get to see how, what's going on in their life. We never get to see the destruction. We never get to see, but there are people in mine in your lives today, I guarantee that if something happened to them right now, we would have that question. What impact could I have had? See, Having that experience changed how I treated other people. It changed how I was willing to put myself out. And this year when Brent told that story about his thing in Chicago, it really began to speak to me because it reminded me that I have a story that should be reminding me that there is something we are called to do today. That God has big dreams and plans for the people in our life and if we want to be about it, if we want to be 2911 and we want to say God has a dream for everyone, then we've got to get busy doing our dream to impact those people around us. And so today my challenge to you is who is that person? Where is that place that you need to step up and begin to have a sincere love? Begin to walk in a way that has the power to cling to what God has. And so 
Jeremiah 29:11. that is our belief, and we believe here at 29:11 that God's going to do that. And I don't want to leave you just with, oh, man, that's heavy, and like, okay, i got to go do this. I want to encourage you because you know what? We said hate the evil, right, but cling to what's good. Well, here's what's good at 29:11. God's called 29:11 to be different. I think he's called us to be very different. And if you don't believe that, I, I want to just talk about this building. I know we just say, oh, it's a building, and the church is not, you know, the building. It's not. But I think this building is a symbol of how different God plans for 2011 to be, for what he plans to do in 2011. See, in the midst of all the chaos and all the crazy that was COVID, and I'm not just talking about the sickness and the shutdown. We were able to get a building when everything else was shutting down. But, you know, we were able to get a building and for us to focus on how we were going to minister to people when the world around us was focused on fear and anger. But God gave us a place. And so I want to encourage you today as I end. I want to encourage you and tell you that God is using this. He's already using this place. He's already using people that are sitting by you. But I want to encourage you to jump on. Today, I want to tell you, third space. I know that Kurt brought this up last week, but I'm not really sure that we had a moment to share this really. We want this building to be called third space. Some of you might say, well, that's different. We have church here. Why not 2911? Well, because we're different, you know? And because we don't want to name a building after us, we want to name a building that says, hey, community, this space is for you. It's your third space. Everyone has three spaces. You have your work, you have your home, and you have that place that you hang out, that place you connect. And we want this building to offer that to people, a place to connect, a place to come and feel peace and joy. And God's opening those doors. I probably should ask Lexi and Jamie and some of these girls to come here and share because I don't have all their stories, but I, I would hate to take anything from them today. But God is doing that in this coffee shop. I see it. I'm not here all the time, but I see these people come in and these girls call by name and you see the light up on their face and you begin to realize that, hey, this may not seem like a ministry to me, but they are showing sincere love to people that are in the midst of all that evil. They're giving hope to what they can cling to. And that God's using this space for things. There There are small groups that meet here, and I'm not talking about our small group. I'm not saying there's not some in ours, but there are other churches and other people that are coming. There are people that maybe they're not, you know, a set-up church small group, but this is their space to hang out with their friends. This is mom's place. We don't have a place for families, but you know what? Moms that I see that are weary and tired, and I can just come and rest for a minute, let my kids play, and look, there's a mom over there at that table, and the relationships and the connections that we are building. We have a homeschool group here that meets on Wednesday and this Wednesday, there was such a group and p- other people that stayed and hung out that I, I, I was the last one here and I had to kind of kick them out because I was like, hey, at some point I have to leave. You know, there's great things that God is opening up for us to do. And one more thing that, um, that we want to do that's different, and it is, it's different, is hybrid services. And that's kind of a name because lack of a better name, but, but something that's different. You may say, well, what is that? Well, me and you, we come here on Sunday mornings and we feel completely, I think you feel comfortable here. (laughs) But maybe there's people in your life that can't come on Sundays. Maybe there's people in your life that will never step back foot back in a service like this. Whether they've been hurt, whether 
whether their picture of what coming to a Sunday morning service is or coming and being part of a church is, they'll never come back to it. It won't draw them. They're not even jealous of it. You know, you go talk, they're not jealous of what we do here. We know the good, but they're not jealous of it. But they're jealous of a place to belong. And there's some people that I think they have great intentions. They know they need to go to church. They know that they need to be part of this. But, you know, life just happens. And they need something deeper and different to connect to. And so we want to start services, and they might look different. That's why the video we had before said that this was less like a traditional church. Not because what we do is traditional here. But it may not look like what we do. But that's okay, right? Because our dream is different, and it's bigger, and it's for someone else. And so one step in this um, is Makers Social, and that's one that we are working, that we're not launching it next week or anything like that. As you said, it said 2022, but we're beginning to put out information and begin to build these plans for these things. Because we hope, when we got this building, the hope that was inside of us is that God would open doors for us to do ministry all throughout the week. And we're seeing it. And this is just one more step. We always knew we wanted services throughout the week. And that they may not look like typical services. So here is Maker Social. And this is what it is. It is an opportunity to reach those that are not connected to the current church model. I I don't want to bore you with every detail of things. We actually have a, we're going to do a Zoom informational meeting. And if that, if anything today of that inspires you then I hope that you will try to connect to that meeting or if you want to talk to me after church because I can tell you this, that this is something that God has laid on our hearts to do and it's been a long road. But I get excited about that because that means all that evil and all that that's coming, I can just keep clinging on to God's promise that he will do what he promised he will do in this place. And so I want to encourage you to, um, to check this out. That doesn't mean everybody in here is going to be a part of this, right? But it means that something up there might have sparked you and you said, hey, that's my place. Or maybe something is inside of you today that's saying, I got to get busy doing something. Thanks for listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a need, we would love to pray with you. You can connect with our prayer team by emailing prayer at church2911.com or by texting 205-476-2911. You can learn more about our church by visiting us online at church2911.com and by connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram at church2911. We hope this message has encouraged you and reminded you that God loves you and has an amazing dream for your life. As always, we dare you to dream.